You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast. So let's make love to life. Identity death. I think this is something that all of us go through um, at different stages in life. No, when we are basically shape-shifting. Already when I entered Thailand in the beginning of the year, I would often say to my friends, it kind of feels like everything that happened before this was like book one. And now I have started to write my second book. And at the time, this is in the beginning of the year, it was like the approach, the preparation, the spiritual preparation for motherhood. And now obviously being halfway my pregnancy, all of that is starting to make sense, but it's almost like I'm, I'm still trying to navigate, like, what is this book even about, no? And so I suppose this uh, reflection that I've created in the podcast, Identity Death, is rather the journey that has brought me here in this preparation for the second book. And I don't know, I have this intuitive insight that my life is going to be a trilogy. And that there will again be this like profound shift in who am I? I mean, in essence, you know, the core values never change. They actually strengthen. And perhaps it's due to the strengthening of the connection that I have with my core values that demands me for this tremendous shift. And so, bueno, pregnancy is part of what I am sharing. However, the whole process of shape-shifting and existential transformation was set in motion the moment I left the Sacred Valley a year ago. So I left Peru, I left my home, I came here to be with the love of my life. And the surroundings, the comfort of the surroundings that confirmed my identity and brought that stability aren't there. So the way that this experience still is, you know, without a supportive community without a true sense of like, this is my home, this is where we want to build our future. It's it's not. So without these like supporting blocks that usually are part of the foundation on which we feel supported when we go through such a deep transformation, they're not there. And therefore, it does give us, in a very extreme form, <laughs> it does give us like a sped up understanding of like everything that we're letting go of and therefore who are we becoming. And I'm talking about us, you know, to one and I as individuals, but also as a unity, but very much like what is my process and like what has been coming up. Specifically in, in regards to entrepreneurship, you know, needing to create that space to really allow this transformation as my body is transforming uh, preparing for what is next. And I know that, you know, part of this identity death, there are insights and understandings that can only come after the birth because I know the birth is not just of this new life, this precious new life, but it is also simultaneously the birth of a new expression of who I am in my personal life and therefore the ripple effect that it will automatically have on my relationships and my work. And yet... Being in it now, I, I had to honor this process and I had to honor all the shifts that have literally been set in motion since exactly a year ago, actually. Like I, I left Peru exactly a year ago and it's been a lot and we're only halfway. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so in this podcast, I'm simply sharing aspects of this process that perhaps I've put in posts on Instagram online because I love writing. Writing is helping me just feel lighter in the process, feel like my, my community is there, you know, like I really feel you. I'm going to jump right in and uh, share particular stories in uh, the unfolding of where I am now. And as I'm still in the midst of it and not quite sure where all of this is heading towards, yeah, all I can really do is, is be honest and share from an authentic place. I don't know if I can say like I'm a bit nervous, but it's like uh, very different for me to, to share, like right in the middle of this huge existential transformation. Like my, my thing has been in the past, obviously living through it and then embodying the wisdom and sharing, you know, in reflection of what had happened and, and share the lessons that came from it. Whereas now I kind of feel like, wow, everything is happening <laughs> like right now. And um, yeah, 
So I think this is a really amazing opportunity to be humble in uh, the not knowing and uh, the revealing of, uh, yeah, both the power and the confusion in the embracing of the great unknown, the great mystery. So, okay. I got a message this morning of a girlfriend and... <sighs> it's like, if, if there's anything that can make me cry, it's... Um, it's receiving loving messages from particularly sisters, but also brothers in, in just like these, yeah, love-filled messages of offering support, you know, being there in presence, in energy, in spirit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't intend to cry immediately, but here we go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, if there's anything that has made me cry, especially during the pregnancy, obviously. But actually, since the beginning of the year, it's, it's really the missing of community. And it's really the missing of having that solid family around, that comfort of we all belong here feeling. And um, it is, I suppose, it's especially confronting for me right now because I am pregnant. It is my first pregnancy. It is in a very, I don't know how to say it, it's almost like these infinite layers of subtlety of my existence are being touched and transformed and sensed and revealed to me in, in ways that is so hard to describe. And yet the, the ripple effect or what it is setting in motion is extremely profound. And so the only people I really want to share with are obviously people who, who really know me who really, really know me. <laughs> like the ones I've had adventures with and, you know, we've grown together and, and, you know, we've supported each other through intense processes in the past. And, you know, you simply arrive in a connection, not needing to explain yourself anymore, but rather to keep growing. And to me, that is one thing in life that is the most precious. And when I look at my entire journey, literally from birth, no, from upbringing, from stepping into my own mature shoes and becoming who I am, finding my life's purpose. And then, you know, after a decade of, of roaming around in the world, exploring, learning, traveling, being nomadic, finally settling down. And when that happened, when I finally settled down in Peru and really started to find the extraordinary in the ordinary and stopped needing to cross borders in order to go deeper. And and that's really when, you know, these deeper connections really got the opportunity. Not just the people that lived there, but also people who were already present in my life, like even a girlfriend from high school. I could see that suddenly we could go deeper because I was ready for that. And when I look back at everything I've established in Peru in those years... It brought the grounding that my company needed and it needed the grounding that I needed in order to prepare myself to be here now with the love of my life, pregnant. <laughs> and it's kind of ironic that I set up the foundation so perfectly and yet I am pregnant, we're on the road, there's no community around. <laughs> and it's like, oh, how interesting, no? It's like, <laughs> yeah, so... I, you know, I sometimes connect to this aspect of missing community in, in such a like, what the fuck way, you know, like, how is this possible when I've literally broken down all the barriers that were preventing me from really grounding and establishing these deeper connections and, you know, all of these self-sabotaging things that we do to prevent ourselves to go deeper in intimacy. And I mean, intimacy has to be with friends, has to be with family, has to be with your neighbor in order to allow that same authentic way of connecting to be present in the relationship you have with the beloved, with your life partner. Like we can't expect the, the intimacy in a sexual relation to be the best when we can't really practice that in, in other aspects of life. And now I've al almost reversed it. No, it's like I have everything. I have beyond everything I've ever, I ever could imagine or dream of in my partnership. And all the other relations aren't there. So, 
Yeah, especially during this like most incredible special phase of pregnancy. I I want I want my sisters to touch my belly. I, I want I want people to feel the movement. I want to express, you know, the nuance, like really the way sisters talk with sisters, like the nuances of, you know, what is happening to my breasts or how different it is to make love, which is a world of a difference. And all of these like intricate layers of the female body and, and just share all of that in real time whilst walking the dog or going to a waterfall or sitting you know, on the grass, staring into the distance of the mountains and, you know, reminiscing or whatever. And the feeling, although I love technology and I am very, very grateful that this phone exists because had this been a different time in the past, I wouldn't have the liberty to connect in the way that I am now. And yet I have this hate-love relationship with my phone because it's the thing that really doesn't resonate for me with being pregnant. It's like there's a, not even an aversion. It's just, or maybe it is an aversion. It's just, it doesn't, it, it feels like it's not part of, of, of nature. It's not part of the present. And yet it is how I connect with the people I love. So community. <laughs> yeah, it's really showing me and I already knew this, but it's just showing me, affirming, I suppose, the importance of community and knowing what it is. Because I know there's many people speaking about it, wanting it, longing for it, but actually not knowing what it means to be part of a community. Whereas for me, it's like, I, I know exactly what is not here right now. And the majority of the time, I am so content. I count my blessings. I am overflowing in, in gratitude because, I mean, the fact that I am here living abundantly with the love of my life, laughing every day, being creative, starting to write my book, pregnant with this super special soul who, you know, a very clever one, <laughs> who chose just the most amazing parents to... Uh, yeah, to be burst through, no? So it's, it's easy for me to, to, to connect with the gratitude. And only sometimes there are moments where it's like, ah, oh. and I think it happens when I'm just being reminded of that by receiving a loving message or by simply, yeah, I don't know, getting these flashes of that feeling of the comfort of the, yeah, like I've gone through phases where I really miss Peru. And it, 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 it has layers to it, no? It's like, um, now I'm getting to the layer where I see it has more to do with the attachment to the identity that is dying away in the process. And this identity is, is almost the opposite of where I am now. And like I said, I don't not yet know where I'm going or who I am becoming exactly as a woman, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, as a teacher, as, you know, it's like something is unfolding and, you know, I'm just allowing it. But before the new can arrive, the space has to be cleared. Like that's really, really obvious. And that has been obvious for me, you know, in, in any ancient tradition that I've tapped into and studied with, it's like, there's such an importance of purging, creating that space. And so I'm, I'm really just surrendering to that right now. And in, in relation to Peru, I can see that there's that connection to the extreme independence I had. And, you know, the way that the community, there is a comfort in knowing and you can rely on people and have fun. And, you know, you go somewhere and you're, there's always someone you know, like that's comforting. And there's something in the identity that is affirmed by the external. Like we can live by our core values. But there's something in the confidence, even though I like to believe that I'm naturally confident, or like, I kind of know that I'm naturally confident, like even when I'm alone, but there's something amplified in the confidence, if there's something in the subtlety or even in the invisibility that is constantly projecting that from the external. Because if there's one thing I'm certain of is that I was highly, res or I am highly respected in the Sacred Valley for 
yeah, just the, the way I've positioned myself for the support I've offered countless people. Yeah, just the way my presence was part of that collective oneness, no, of, of the family we were or are. And, uh, when that is no longer there, there is simply a more authentic or like, how do I put this? It's like the comfort blanket is stripped away and there you are naked. <laughs> and then to, from that nakedness, express your confidence or express your truth or authenticity without explaining yourself, but without being affirmed from the external is a whole different experience. And actually both Ruan and I are experiencing it in different ways. So I feel like the, the humbleness that is coming through this experience and the extremity of it, um, because even though there's aspects that I don't quite understand of like, why was my time in Chiang Mai so difficult? Why are we now on the road? Why am I experiencing the most special phase of my life up until now? with the love of my life, uh, with this beautiful being growing inside me. And nobody I love dearly has ever even met Ruan. Uh, we have one friend in common, who, who's the person who connected us, but neither of us are really close to her. And so it's like when I look at my inner circle, my family, my best friends, it's just extraordinary to consider that that's not there, like the most important aspects of life. And so when I flip that vision around, I see it as an opportunity. I see that both Ruan and I are quite extreme in our personalities. We like to be challenged and we like to go from one extreme to the other to find our balance. Like we're, we're very much, that's how we learn. And so in a way it makes sense. And looking at this journey, you know, just from the perspective of pregnancy, there's so much that is being set in motion already, even if we had um, a solid community and a home and, and all of these things. But with us, for some reason, it's like everything is being set in motion. And it was, it was already happening far before pregnancy came. It's, it's like the pregnancy itself is simply pushing us over the edge that we were already approaching. And we're being touched on, on every single level no, of work, identity, I mean, the work identity, the, you know, who we are as, as man and woman, but also the aspect of like the independence and the freedom that came from the, the way that we have interacted with love, sexuality and, and relationships. No, like, not to say that we haven't had relationships, but we've never had an experience like this. There's never been that ease in love, that absolute knowing like yeah you're the person I'm, I'm meant to walk this path with like yesterday we were even contemplating like um he told me that <laughs> recently he wrote in his uh, in his journal that uh, it's the first relationship he didn't need to journal so much about all the things that needed to be worked through because there's simply that ease and understanding and whenever we encounter something that needs to be worked through it uh, never lasts that long it's like we are open to the darkness, we're open to blockages, we're open to the need for shedding layers of the past because that's how it all works in our evolution of our humanness and especially in love, no? But there's nothing that withholds us from speaking the uncomfortable truth, even if it may be triggering to the other. Sometimes it takes a day or two, but never more than that uh, because obviously we don't want to hurt the other but we definitely don't want to protect the other. And that's something that is, is really key in the way that we approach our mature way of maneuvering life. So anyway, I think I'm drifting off a little bit. I think I lost my trail of what I was saying. <laughs> anyway, let me pick up the thread from this perspective of community because there's, there's just a thing that I wanted to reflect on just a little bit more because when I had just arrived in, in Thailand, you know, it was, it was kind of clear. Like, for some reason, there was just a sense in me that I was ready to leave behind Peru. When I left, I didn't know it was going to be as permanent as it is now. Like, I literally had to go through 
you know, the selling of my motorbike, the letting go of my house and my belongings, which I'm still in the process of. Things that I was sure I was going to come back to the country and work all of that out physically, like in the physical realm, and and have the opportunity to like symbolically or ceremonially do that. So that's been quite big. However, without lingering on these details, there was something in me knowing that it was the right choice to come to Thailand. And I think it was because a part of my soul knew that something drastically had to change. And perhaps my soul knew that I needed to be stripped of all my comfort in order to allow this process to be sped up in the way that it is now. So have nothing in my surroundings affirm the comfort of the identity that I was so attached to so that this death can happen more fluidly, more easily, and therefore create the space for what is to come. And uh, anyway, when I arrived in, in Thailand, you know, Ruan is by far, or how do I put this? I've met a lot of people I really resonate with. And there's something in the connection with Ruan where we simply understand each other. And I think it has mostly to do with our core values. Yeah, like there's just no doubt in each other in the way that we relate to our work, our friendships, our any situation in life that presents itself, we maneuver it through our core values. And so for me, it was a no-brainer, no? Like I trust that he is at home in Chiang Mai and that therefore I can be too. And yet when I arrived, I was so confronted with feeling like I didn't belong or I didn't speak the language of... I was so confronted with the way that people were expressing themselves and doing things like I for the first time in a very 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 long time felt like I didn't belong and I don't know most of you probably know something about my upbringing so I was born in Holland but I was raised in various countries no so like my entire childhood was leaving behind immigrating starting anew learning new languages and adapt adopt uh adapting adapting <laughs> adapting myself to the new culture and my surroundings, no? So there was a gift that came from that way of upbringing, like the, the broad perspective or my international inner culture, um, all of these beautiful qualities. And of course, it came with a downside, which had to do with, yeah, needing to leave behind. And obviously that created particular protection mechanisms that I then later on had to work through, etc., etc. And that feeling of like, I don't belong, which had been like a, a memory tucked away very deeply, no? Like somewhere I knew that that feeling had existed in my childhood, but obviously in my extreme capacity to adapt, I obviously overcame these feelings uh, very smoothly. And so arriving in Thailand, it was almost like, wow, for the first time in perhaps 25 years or maybe, yeah, something like that, I was confronted with that feeling of not belonging, which was a, a very confronting feeling, especially considering that I had, you know, traveled the world in, you know, lived in India, a very nomadic lifestyle for five years. I mean, I've, I've traveled through so many countries, it's not even worth mentioning all of it. Um, but obviously went to South America, learned the language, traveled around, settled down, I mean, the amount of people I have met, I have connected with or worked with or in whatever way, you know, spoken with, there has always been an ease in attracting the right people and discerning who I don't want to connect with. No, it's like, isn't that life? Like life is resonance. You either attract or repel and you move along with what life presents. And so the fact that I was on and on being confronted, yeah, with encounters that just didn't seem to click and no matter how much effort I put in it is like that sense of we are connecting in this moment wasn't there and it it really quite frustrated me because on the one hand I was letting go of Peru on the other hand I was integrating in this new culture this new language I mean it's the exact opposite of South America South America is warm it's it's easy to connect to the locals they're they're very yeah, down to earth. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, 
yeah, there's just this welcoming vibe, especially in Peru where I was living. Whereas here, there's such a politeness and a sense of service that is part of the culture, which obviously has its beauty to it. Like the, the quality that is being offered here is, is unlike uh, what you can ever find in Peru. <laughs> uh, however, the human contact was so foreign to me, you know, like energetically, I'm just very tapped in and turned on. And constantly I was feeling like there's a distance, like we're not actually touching. And I'm not speaking about the physical touch. I'm just like energetically like there's, and I'm not even talking just about the ties. I'm talking about the international crew I was meeting. It was almost like we weren't connecting. It was very, very strange experience. And because Ruan was at home and because we wanted to make home here, I constantly was making an effort to the point where I felt like, for fuck's sake, like I don't make an effort, like life flows or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it means I'm not meant to be here. But it's been this series of ongoing events that was showing me, no, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. No, turn away from wherever you think you're going. But it was difficult because we had decided that this is where we are. Uh, obviously, we're in a pandemic. Thailand, considering everything else that was going on in, in other parts of the world, was pretty protected. You know, not many cases, a lot of freedom within the country. And it just seemed like, okay, we've been guided to be here, so let's make the most of it. Then we encountered an abandoned house. We started fixing that up. We started dreaming about creating our family there. We started to make somewhat of a plan of like, yeah, this is where we ground, this is where we root, this is where our first children are born, and by the time our children go to school, we'll move out of the country, no? So we were kind of like, not that the plan was set, but it was just nice to 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 dream. And to fix up an abandoned house is a huge project. It's, um, I mean, if anything, it showed me the power of who we are as a team. It showed me the power of um, how easy we can contribute in our masculine and, and feminine qualities. Like for me, it was all about the scents and the colors and the interior and the design and the flavors and the blending of, you know, the, the sense of home. And he was busy fixing and building and, ah, it was just like incredible. That project, like I look back on it and I, I love, I love that phase of hard work and sweat and, getting overwhelmed and needing to make big decisions and spending way too much money on everything. And yeah. And of course, I was still integrating when we made that decision, integrating Peru, integrating into this culture. Like I, I hadn't yet felt at home and I was actually constantly struggling with that sense. And it, it was just like, it was, yeah, it was really, it was really living in a reality, black and whites being presented simultaneously again, you know, the joy of being with the love of my life, the joy of how fluid we are together, how easeful, how just amazing our connection intellectually, uh, emotionally, spiritually, sexually. It's, it's like, wow. And then simultaneously looking out of the window, out of the house and being just like, where am I? Who are these people? Like, what? <laughs> how am I supposed to fit in? And, then the pregnancy came, which is something that in a way we'd already been preparing for. Like we'd actually been shedding quite some layers uh, regarding our identity before we became pregnant. Uh, both of us were having temptational dreams, for example. Yeah, all of these things that were just shedding, no? Um, and even before I came to Thailand, both of us were in our dreams processing past relationships, even encounters that didn't even seem that important, they were all sort of shedding and being released and fully integrated to show that all of these loves or encounters or whatever the nature was of those um, connections, that they were part of the foundation of the wisdom of who we are as individuals to allow us to be here now and to be able to to love in the way that we love each other and to have that readiness that we have because we've really lived. So anyway, all of that preparation was happening as we were dreaming about, you know, the coming years in this house in Chiang Mai uh, with our our children and, you know, preparing ourselves and thinking about, okay, what will be the, the, the good time to have our first uh, child? We figured, okay, the end of the year, 
And so I had set up this whole plan for, you know, my course, Dare to Love, which is my most successful course. And the course that I, oh, I love it so much. It's like, wow, every time I've guided a, th a group through that process live, it's just, ah, oh, it, it fills my entire being because I know the system works because I, I love the intimacy that grows in the group. I love the, the authentic way that people are just able to be raw. Like that's the thing that excites me the most in my, in my work and in life in general, maybe. Um, yeah, us getting real with each other and revealing ourselves truly being witnessed. So I'd set up this whole trail. I thought, you know, I'm going to approach this more strategically. I'm going to make two mini courses that are going to, you know, be the lead magnet. And then Dare to Love is going to fill itself more easily than before and this and that. So I, I was in the midst of recording these two smaller courses, Attract Your King and Catch Your Queen, which I had a lot of fun creating. I interviewed brothers and sisters and really started to define the information that I usually present in the bigger course, but almost like separated, like, okay, what is it that a man needs to learn from a woman, from the female mystery, but only from the feminine perspective, no, because I can't, I, I don't know exactly what a man lives, but I can tell him what a woman needs. So it was really beautiful to like go into these layers of like, yeah, how can a woman create a course for men to share the secrets of the feminine and the mystery and explain, you know, the, the, yeah, what is it? The, it really is the mystery of the feminine, no? Because there's things that cannot be explained. And it's not like I was explaining exactly how a woman works, but I was rather explaining how to connect with the mystery whilst creating that space for a man to really just step up in his masculine. So that was the course that really uh, challenged me in, in a very beautiful way. And then, of course, the, the course for women was more about the connection she has to her own sexuality to allow the confidence to rise from that place to attract a man uh, of higher quality. No? Anyway, as I was in the midst of, re of recording these, um, I fell pregnant and everything changed. Everything, everything, everything. I had hired a PR manager. And it seemed like nothing was really flowing. We had meetings. Um, I, I think, you know, two things happened. Uh, it took her quite a while to actually understand me because my brand is me. But on the other hand, when I look at the way that we interacted and, you know, months passing, a lot of money being invested in energy and time on her behalf and resulting in zero was a really big sign, no, of like, you're swimming upstream, Nalaya. This is not what is meant to be happening right now. But in the beginning of falling pregnant, I mean, it's my first pregnancy. I had no idea. I mean, I know there's people working office jobs whilst being pregnant. And I figured me as an entrepreneur, I can always divide my free time versus my work time um, in the most optimal way to still be able to offer and yet still be able to fully enjoy the depth of the magic that happens during, during pregnancy. But it was almost like my body was pushing me, pushing me more away from the need to be there for others or to need to prioritize others as I have in, in all of my work. So I'd like to consider myself a woman who is very much in touch with her needs and her emotions and always creating the space that I need um, for myself. And yet, when I look back, I have also mastered the art of putting my emotions in a little box whenever I need to be present for my clients, for example. And so with the pregnancy, it's almost like the hormones, the feelings, the soul in my womb, but very much the instinctual primal aspect of womanhood was activated in a way that was showing me that all of this entrepreneurial stuff, even though my, my business is quite feminine, no, like it's all about me sensing the people I work with, I am the one creating the foundation. I'm the one holding space. All of these masculine qualities of guiding another, they were going in against the, the primal activation of, of pregnancy, really against. So 
whatever was happening with this uh, PR manager that I'd hired, I think it was exactly the way that it needed to play out. It felt really disappointing at the time, not just, you know, in relation to her, but very much for me, like, fuck, I've been planning this. I wanted to be more strategic. I thought this was going to create more flow. This is the thing I wanted to round up my maiden phase of womanhood to really honor all the work I've done for more than a decade with countless people. And, you know, the way that my purpose has evolved over time to really this niche that I'm just a master in. And I love what I do. And I know the things that I've created work. And so why not offer that one more time before slipping into motherhood? But my body, my instinct, everything was going against it, no? So I had to mourn that release of having put energy into creating those audio courses. I had to release it. And then the process came in in finally also deciding to let go of Dare to Love, which I was going to offer one more time before pregnancy. Or, yeah, I mean, that was the original plan. But then during pregnancy, it was like, no way. There's just no way. Because even the individual clients that I had, I mean, it's really hard to describe, you know, because I know there's women who continue to work or to study or, and, and most women don't even have a choice, which is like, oh my God, like now that I'm pregnant and I'm, I'm a really like determined, strong, um, ambitious woman. And I'm also just so connected to my body that if this wave comes of my primal instinct that says no, I, I very often, you know, when these, even before pregnancy is like when the feeling is right, I surrender, I let go. If the feeling guides me to let go of something, like I, I have no choice. And so in this process, I also felt like I had no choice other than to surrender that this is really happening. And yeah, it's interesting because when we sacrifice, cause that's really what it feels like when we sacrifice these elements, it was also a sacrifice of the financial abundance that I wanted to have as a foundation for entering the pregnancy. There's risks that come with it, right? And yet I could really sense that there was something in this choice needing to be wrapped in some sense of risk in order, again, to be pushed into needing to surrender even more to this process of death and falling into the great mystery and learning how to trust more. So, you know, in in this whole topic of death of identity, the thing that is really central is how can you keep feeling secure within the insecurity? How can you allow the trust to keep growing when there's nothing really solid to hold on to that proves that there's reason for trust, if that makes sense, other than true sense? I hope I'm making sense here because it really is this realm of like, I have moments where, you know, there's no ground beneath my feet. I feel invisible. I feel absorbed in, in, in the complete invisibleness of life. And yet simultaneously, I have never felt as grounded as I am now, um, because of the solidness that we have in our relationship. And it's, it's just really, yeah, really, really beautiful, um, and confronting at times. And it's only confronting or confusing when there are aspects of previous attachments to previous identities that are dying away that come back into the present moment and want to like latch on, hold on and not yet be released, you know? Because if I need to make a, a bullet point list of like, what are these deaths that I'm talking about? It's not just the giving up of this, you know, these courses that I wanted to offer, but it's really the identity of being the intimate intimacy life coach, you know, the person that people can rely on for support. Yeah, it's like, oh, I think <laughs> I'm just realizing I was saying something a while ago and then I slipped off into a different direction. The point I wanted to make, why I felt so clearly I had to, you know, take my maternity leave earlier is because I'm so affected. Anyway, I'm extremely sensitive because that's why I became so good at what I do, because I can feel very deeply into people and where they are at. But being pregnant, I got a bit too affected to the point where, you know, people's stories were entering my dreams and, 
even I had to be more careful with what I read or what documentaries I was watching because some information would be able to linger in my reality for days, no? And I could just really see like, wow, there's something so precious to when we feel safe as a pregnant woman, like safe mostly because of the partner you choose, because all other aspects of safety and security weren't the same anymore or they were actually stripped away from us. But within that safety, when a woman can really let go, being pregnant, there's this altered state of consciousness that arises that is like the most present sense of dream time. It's very difficult to explain, but it's like time and space don't exist. And if there's anything in the woman that needs to be occupied with a meeting in time and space or a needing to guide anything, she slips out of that. And I've really seen this happen in the process of letting go more and more clients, letting go of these courses, letting go, letting go, letting go. There were times where some more mental work was required and it will bring me back into the here and now as we know it. But the more I can release, the more, you know, right now, the greatest thing that I'm working on is my book. Uh, the more I can dream my book into being, the more I can support my partner uh, with my feelings and how I'm tapped into this reality of dream time, the more the power of my intuition arises and the more um, the power of, of what comes with this expansive form of, you know, the feminine that comes in this time which is worked against if I need to be there for someone else because I'm so expanded, because there's an instinctual part of me that would want to protect me from absorbing so much from the people I'm, I'm working with. And therefore, it doesn't make sense to do that in this time because it's, it's a limited time, I, I would say, that we can really deeply sense in where is this guidance, guidance coming from and discover, you know, like the way that this aspect of the female consciousness works for this time. And the way I see it is that what it, what this deeply primal aspect of the feminine intuition that activates during pregnancy is to guide us in the right direction. So to kind of go back into the story where Ruan and I were, you know, building this house, this abandoned house, fixing it up. In a way, you could say we were finally just at a resting point. No, maybe we've had like a month of not needing to work on anything within the house or not needing to buy new things, but actually enjoy the fruits of our labor. That was the time I fell pregnant. And that was the time where this voice, <laughs> this voice inside me just started to like speak so loud and say, no, like I cannot live here. Like get me out of here. Anyway, I didn't want to admit to that immediately. Instead, I decided to go on a solo trip this was, I suppose, in the beginning of July. I took one of our puppies, and funny enough, I came to the place I am now. This is Pai. Pai is a little town in the north, a couple hours away from Chiang Mai. I was here 10 years ago as I was living in India. I'd come here after a severe breakup, and yeah, in India, I always had to leave the country to get a new visa, and only two times did I choose to come to Thailand. And anyway, I have some good and bad memories here, but in essence, I think the thing that matters is the resonance of this place. It's just really, really beautiful. Beautiful community, beautiful surroundings, uh, hot springs, rivers, waterfalls, paddy fields. It's gorgeous. There is good food, um, somewhat of a spiritual essence. Um, not exactly what I experienced in, in India or Peru, but there is that connection to the earth, let's say. Um, and people are in general more open because it's village vibe, no? It's village mentality, which I love. That really fits with my personality. Anyway, I'd come here to contemplate. And it's interesting because before, this is in July, before I came here to kind of contemplate and come back to myself, I'd been coping with extreme nausea. I know there's women who are pregnant who need to throw up. For me, it was like this lingering nausea that just remained until the late afternoon, like the thought of food, which is like, ah, oh, I mean, it was just there, so I couldn't really eat. And the moment I arrived here in nature, all these symptoms evaporated. 
I was able to sleep really well and clarity came. I was writing, I was singing, I was creating, I was envisioning. It was almost like every single question I had before that got answered in a second. It was shocking to see that all I needed was to prioritize myself, be in nature, in silence. And all of these cries before that as well were like, oh, I don't belong here and where's my community and I need a sister in this time. I arrived in nature and that longing left me. It was like, I am so whole right now. I need nothing but this present moment. It was, oh my God, it was, it was really divine. And from that moment, I also saw that I, I just, I couldn't ignore um, how awful I'd felt in, in Chiang Mai. And I'm not just, I mean, it was beyond feeling like I was trying to connect. Like there were actually a couple of interactions with people that blew my mind, you No, know? like the lack of integrity and respect and is like, wow. Yeah. I don't even want to go into it. It was just shocking how different people would respond to very simple challenges, really very simple situations in life that somehow turned into something really icky. So there had been all these signs of like, this is not your place. This is not your community. Get out of here. Same as that PR manager. No, it was like, had nothing to do with her. Again, with Chiang Mai, had nothing to do with these people I met. It was just signs of life. Listen, Nalaya, <laughs> no? Like, here's one representation. You're not listening? Okay, we'll bring you another encounter of the same kind and another one until you listen. That this is not your place. And I think I had that feeling from the beginning, but because I was and am so in love, I obviously wanted to make it work. So anyway, when I went into nature, Ruan later came, like I think a week later, a week later, he came here. And I think I'm just so blessed, you know, to be with a man who is so devoted to us, um, to our child, um, to me, to our love, to our growth, to our future, to our sense of well-being. And yeah, his willingness to be flexible, his willingness to, to look for possibilities and opportunities, even though that sense of I have to get out of here wasn't necessarily coming from him. He's seen me maneuver these struggles and wanted to make an effort to uh, make a change with me not knowing exactly how or what, but knowing that I needed a change and he was willing to uh, embark on that adventure with me. So at the time I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she's in a position where her and her partner are also talking about creating a family together. And they had determined that they weren't ready because the thing that was really required was this sense of home and community and knowing where they want to settle. And I was listening to her in this first phase of, of pregnancy, understanding exactly why she's saying what she's saying, because those had been my words. I mean, in a way, it's exactly what I was doing in Peru, setting that foundation, because I've worked with enough pregnant women to know that there's this uh, nestledrong. Yeah, just the, the craving for a nest. And if that isn't there, it shakes the woman a little bit, no, in her core. Like, it's essential. It's essential. So I knew that and I was, I was so convinced that I was stepping in the steps that I thought were needed in order to enjoy the pregnancy in peace. And yet I fell pregnant and it was sending me in the opposite direction of the type of foundation I was setting up with my partner. And so when I talked with my girlfriend, it kind of made me giggle because it's like, you know, we do all these things, we make all these plans similar to the courses that I wanted to share and, you know, the abundance I therefore wanted to receive and the strong foundation and the security and all of these things that I thought my child needed. But actually my child came and the voice from my child showed me that, you know, it needed something entirely different. And I think that that is a really profound lesson with or without pregnancy to really listen because we often listen, we often see the signs, but we often allow the mind to kind of overtake and come up with pros and cons of why yes or why no. Whereas when we really sink in and when those feelings really are given the space, then actually the clarity is always there. Like it had been for me when I arrived in Thailand, but I kept convincing myself like, oh, it's just a culture shock. Oh, it's just going to take time to adapt. 
when actually it was showing me like, no, something doesn't resonate. So anyway, we embarked on an adventure on the road and we've actually lived the majority of it quite isolated. And I feel like, uh, especially the phase where we lived outside of Chiang Rai. So we came from Chiang Mai, we went to Chiang Rai, then we went to Chengdao, and now we are in Pai. So I, <laughs> for those who know North Thailand, no? So especially the time in Chiang Rai was very isolated in a nature surrounded place, very spacious house, like a mansion. And it gave us opportunity to allow these layers to shed without any distraction from our surroundings, particularly in connection to our work, because I have my reasons for really strongly feeling like, okay, I can't do this right now, or there's something in my primal instinct that won't allow me to do it. And who knows for the future? Like, we're both such talented coaches that there's an aspect of this gift that we both have that will always offer. And we are both clear that we don't want to offer it in the same way that we have in the past, mainly because a lot of energy goes into it. And with a family in the prospect, it's uh, it's not how we want to live our family life. So that's one layer to it. And then second, because we both saw that that was part of an expression of an identity that is passing. And it's interesting because as we were preparing for pregnancy, this is something that specifically for him, was already being set in motion, where he was questioning his position as a coach or, or e even feeling, yeah, again, I don't know if repulsion is the word, but really some sense of like, you know, no longer that attraction, like the opposite of attraction. It was like pushing him away, like something didn't feel good. And he also went through these phases of convincing himself why it was important or why Da, 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 da. But actually the feeling was showing him a long time before we became pregnant that something wasn't clicking anymore and it was the death of that identity. And it has to fall away, like the risk has to be taken first to let go, to release, to step away from this comfort zone that is affirming a particular identity that no longer is, to really step into this open space and create energetic spaciousness so that the new can come. And that's really what we did in Chiang Rai. No distractions, no social life. Us in nature, in a spacious house, giving each other enough space. Uh, we set up a new company um, that has to do with a particular herb that I fell in love with uh, 10 years ago when I was here. And we really established a way of um, using everything that we've learned in the change of behavior, in allowing uh, people to live better lives with more presence because that's one thing that is really coming forth like i'm not quite share uh, gonna share the the website yet because we are redefining an aspect of the foundation of that company because more than a herb it is a lifestyle it is a philosophy and more than needing to step away from coaching it is aspect to how we were doing the coaching that is beyond the coaching itself that is dying away, which has a lot to do with social media and screens and needing to make videos, which is why both of us have stopped making videos. It's like we have a message to share. So we record it in audio. And, you know, we, we, especially now in this time where we've lived with so little distraction. And like I said, me tapping into such deep primal aspects of the feminine being pregnant. It's like I can feel the intense effects of screens and the phone and this and that that when I look at our future, you know, both of us have stepped from the identification of me. Who am I? What am I, what am I offering? What is my purpose? How am I serving the world to we? Who are we in this togetherness? How are we establishing a foundation for our relationship? Where are we moving towards as a collective humanity? And how is, are there particular aspects to the way that businesses are operating right now, especially regarding social media, that we see as working against true connection, working against true presence. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into this topic because there's so much to say about it, but I think that as making a family, you start thinking way more in the sense of we, 
which is something that probably already happens when you're really in a solid partnership. But thinking of future generations, thinking of the evolution of where we are heading, it's clear that we're stepping away from presence, even though there's more access to spiritual knowledge than ever before. Uh, there's something that is contradicting um, the supposed connection that we create through social media, but actually is going against it. So anyway, the company that we are setting up, the philosophy is really like, okay, how can we bring more presence? And this herb is is part of it. So pretty soon when the website is established completely with the flavor of what we want to represent, I will share that with my community, with you. Hmm. I want to round this up and shine some light on the magic of, of everything we have been experiencing because obviously, you know, there's been a lot of death of identity to who we are as entrepreneurs. In my case, you know, there's been in the midst of everything happening, there's been a whole journey of the release of the death of identity that I had with the insomnia. Uh, insomnia being something that it has chased me, you know, the majority of my life. And now being in this solid partnership and especially with the prospect of becoming a mother, layers of the attachment to the insomnia, because that's really what it is, no? Had to fall off and I had to take it more seriously. And I really see this as like a great, great opportunity of mastering my sleep. And although there's been periods where it's been really difficult, it's been such an empowering journey. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was also or is still, no, a process of death. But it's, it's in the, the finer layers, uh, phase. And, and same for the entrepreneurship, no? I'm now settling into the notion that I can force myself to go into that mental masculine aspect of the comfort zone that has been the center of my life for so many years. But it, it's really going against where I am right now. And it's so much easier for me right now to surrender to my feminine, really. And the power of intuition and the power of how I feel and what is right and what isn't and how that guidance arises. And uh, especially really prioritizing myself and our child and our family and where we are going and to trust so deeply in the universe and the way that the signs are coming and taking it step by step, no? Because we're dreaming of leaving the country, let's say a couple of months after our child is born. Our child is coming somewhere between Valentine's Day and full moon in February. So either between the 14th and the 17th, but you know, the child knows best, the soul knows best. So it can be anything before or after that as well. But yeah, we're dreaming of uh, leaving the country, going to Spain. But there's so much time that still needs to pass and, you know, the greatest initiation of birth and the child being there. So who knows, maybe that message will change. And also considering the chaos of the pandemic and all that, it's like, I think we are pretty guided that we are here now. And okay, sometimes I, I cry by missing dear, dear friends around who know me, and family. Like there was a moment where we truly considered going to Europe, but it, it was just a lot of paperwork for our puppies, for Rwan, for everything. You know, Europe is a pretty official place to live. Like everything has to be officially registered and paperwork has to be intact. Whereas the countries where we have lived, it just, it's not the same, no? Like you can free flow in the way that you want or desire. You don't have to obey all the rules so anyway we decided to stay because there were two choices are we gonna make this pregnancy stressful by needing to get all the paperwork intact and you know uh, journeying into the winter of europe or are we gonna stay here in this high quality abundant life in this uh, fresh climate that offers so many fruits and freedom for us to really sink into okay what is dying away and what is the next thing to come? And um, yeah, just the abundance of presence and the abundance of dreaming and the abundance of creative energy and taking care of my body and attending to the needs and 
it's really, really a gift, really a gift. I mean, there are so many layers that I don't even know how to express and explain. Because even when I use terms like, oh, I'm sinking deeper into my feminine, and oh, there are these messages coming from my intuition. I mean, if I'm really honest, I mean, in the past, no, my whole life purpose was dedicated to the womb. For about seven years, I only worked with women. I had delved into all aspects of the womb, the feminine, the intuition, the ancestral, the sexual, you name it. And so in a way you could say that that foundation was built in accordance to the connection I have to my feminine. And that's how I lived, right? My contraception was my, my cycle. I knew my cycle so well. I knew my feminine flow so well. All of these things. And yet being pregnant is so, such a humbling experience because I, someone who's worked with so many women of all shapes and forms and different phases of life, you know, like I've, I've, I've worked with virgins to pregnant women to elders to women in their fertility or struggling with fertility. It's like, wow. And now that I'm here, absorbed in the most greatest essence of, of femininity, in, in the height of my fertility, being pregnant, it's like, oh my God, there are countless layers of everything that I thought I knew regarding the feminine that I'm simply discovering for the first time. And that in itself is such a gift. You know, what I previously perceived as intuition is nowhere near what I'm experiencing now. And what I previously perceived as surrender, yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much. Trust, presence, the abstract, uh, sensing. It's like there's new discoveries for me in, in, in all these steps that we are taking. And not just being a pregnant woman, but very much being by the side, being a woman by the side of my man who respects and honors me and we really complement each other. And of course I have, you know, traits of masculinity in my personality that will forever be because it's who I am. And yet there's no more need for, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole topic on its own for perhaps a different podcast, but there's simply no need anymore for this needing to take the lead and, and it's refreshing. It's relaxing. It's such a gift. And if somehow we need to find this new birthing of our identities in this extreme experience of being on the road, being pregnant with our puppies, not exactly knowing how our life purposes are changing or where our nest will be in Copanyang to give birth um, or where we will even go once our child is here and, you know, either leaving for Spain or South America. I mean, me personally, I miss speaking Spanish. I miss Latino culture. And so we are definitely wanting that. But yeah, the extremity, no, of the not knowing the transformation. And if that needs to come with the sacrifice of the comfort of the affirming surroundings of community and friends and our purpose or who we were in, in our position of our communities and in our work line, no, the respected coaches, by releasing all of that, we're really just like tapped into our essence and seeing that the way that we express our confidence is no longer because of the ass kissing or not even the ass kissing, but like, you know what I mean? It's like when all the affirmations from the external are no longer there in the way that they were present, you are simply being confronted more with, okay, so where's the truth, the humble truth of your confidence in the way that you navigate life? Where is the humble truth in, in the way that you truly trust in life and the universe and who you are and what you deserve and this path that is leading towards something greater than what you've experienced before. Like that comes from confianza, no? To trust and to be confident. It's that in which we are facing the great mystery. And I know that the birthing itself is, is an even greater death of identity and an even a greater birth of life as who we are within our relationship as man, as woman, as individuals, as a family uh, for our child. And I also just want to honor where we are now, 
we're halfway, exactly. With the full moon coming up next week, it's five moon cycles, exactly. That's how I like to count my, my pregnancy. <laughs> I don't really understand the week situation as I find it very hard to connect to time. But five moon cycles is easy uh, to envision. And so, yeah, we're approaching more than half, no? Just over half. And I think it's really uh, important to be authentic in everything that comes up in great journeys of transformation. And I am convinced that whoever is listening to this, you know, many of us need to go through identity deaths that are beyond things like pregnancy. Um, but I'm pretty sure there are things that I've mentioned that many people can relate to. And um, yeah, I would, I would actually love to hear a little bit more from you of where you are at and what you are being faced with when it comes to the taking away of the comfort of something in your external that is confronting the attachment to your identity and therefore the security that you had built for yourself and needing to find a new security within the insecurity. So, bueno, gracias, muchísimas gracias por escucharme. And um, I'd love to uh, continue sharing in this way. Ah, con mucho amor. We talk soon. <laughs> ciao, ciao. The Make Love to Life podcast is the place where we get naked and have a real conversation. So if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe. And if you want more personal updates, you can follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter on nalayachacana.com. See you next time.